Hey guys, the latest episode of Switch is with Ruchika, who started out as a chartered accountant, got her MBA at ISP, and then went on to work with a bunch of unicorns. I think you'll have fun listening to this episode. Check out the work that we're doing at www.hushel.in. We're a creator economy platform for young professionals to work with Gen Z. Awesome. What's up, man? Well, good to have Ruchika today. Ruchika has um, done some mind-blowing things in... All so, of which she thinks is a fluke. All of which she thinks is a fluke. No, not all of it. Not all of it. Not, not all, all of it. it. Not all of it. Okay. Maybe the most difficult part is what she thinks is a fluke. Yeah, but the difficult stuff that she's done includes um, uh, a CA in a first attempt. Tell us about like why. So why don't you do this? Take us through your uh, career journey. So tell us um, what you took in the 11th and 12th, what you did after, and then just walk us through it in maybe about a, a minute or so. Sure. So. I started with taking commerce in 11th and 12th, come from a pretty much uh, the most typical Marwadi background family that one can think of and commerce was kind of, you know, written and similarly CA was kind of written because uh, in my family it's not a big deal to do a CA, it's a big deal if you get a rank, so that's how it is, so it was not a big celebration if I completed my CA in first attempt, I never wanted to do a CA, I wanted to go for eco honours to DU and for some reason my DU application got effed up because of which I had to stay back in Calcutta and there was nothing much to do over there. So I ended up taking CA that way. It was just like, okay, let me just take the exam and see where it goes. Because I cleared, I took the next step and that is how my CA happened. After CA, I started working with the NBFC, uh, was in a CA role for about six months, realized that is not something that I enjoy, moved to a business development role which was completely out of the comfort zone. But that was the best learning, I would say, for the three years that I had because I got to travel to about 42 small Indian cities that are there. And these, this was not the consulting travel that you do, right? That you have the flights and the car at your disposal. This is where you are traveling in a bus. You are put up in a shady hotel where you are locking the door and putting the menu cards in front of every light that you can see so that you are comfortable over there. And putting something on the TV so that there is some background noise so that you can sleep. So this was that kind of travel. And I was in real estate business development, so I used to meet real estate developers who can be big time douchebags, no offense. But yeah, that was, that was the journey over there, but that I think taught me a lot, brought me out of my comfort zone, showed me the privileged life that I lead. And then I knew I wanted to somehow continue along the same line and that is where my ISB journey started. That is where I put in a lot of effort, CA was not, but yes, I did put in effort in GMAT. Funny thing, my parents wanted me to get married. I did not want to get married. That is how I thought this would be the good escape. And uh, yeah, I cracked it, went to ISB, one year of partying, chilling. I knew I did not want to get into consulting, so it was pretty easy. I did not have to fight for grades. So it was good life for me over there. And then I got an opportunity to work for a startup, PhonePay. Is that what and you were looking for when you were, were you willing to, like, were you looking for a startup? I... I was looking for a startup, I did not know what exactly, but I knew what I was not looking for. So it was more of process of elimination for me, uh, that, uh, okay, this is not what I want, this is not what I want, so these are the things I have, this is the best choice then. So uh, that is where how PhonePay started. PhonePay, again, was a brilliant journey, first time startup experience for me, uh, looking at things from a very different lens, did, um, did multiple kind of things over there, started with some of the bread and butter categories, moved on to launching a complete new business. And it was a brilliant experience, burnt myself out, took a sabbatical for three months. And I think sabbatical needs to be talked about because people do need sabbatical in India. Took a sabbatical, went to Himachal, did retreats, 
chilled out basically and then came back and joined Odan. Do not know why I did that retreat because again I did the same old thing. <laughs> and in Odan, I joined as a business finance, did multiple uh, categories over there and then moved on to a strategy and IR role. Uh, worked over there for about a year in this role and then moved on to Unicars to head the business finance and IR. So that's the journey until now. Yeah. What, what part of all this do you, um, did you enjoy the most? Was it studying for CA? Is it like investor No one relations? enjoys studying for CA. Is it like, was it the ISB experience? Like what part of this was you look back at and you're like, this was just like joyful or this was a lot of learning or whatever it is. What's your most favorite part of this? I think that would be multiple, right? It won't be just one part of it. Definitely no one enjoys studying for CA because uh, if you look at the curriculum, it is still a lot of uh, mugging up that you are doing. Mm. So when it comes to something which is more logical, so CA also has got like eight subjects, right? In the final exam, there are subjects which are very logical and you enjoy doing it. Like I loved taxation. People hate it because they believe it's something to learn. But if you just turn around and if you look at it, oh my God, how can I save taxes? What is the way to reverse this? Like, you know, take advantage of this section. It can become just a, such a fun thing. So that is how I studied and that is how I believe it makes it more joyful. Uh, I would say the most learning experience was the three years that I was in the BD role. Because imagine a 22-year-old going to a tier 2, tier 3 Indian city, sitting with a real estate developer over there with a gun who he has put on the table. I had to collect the a loan amount from him. And he comes in, he pulls out his gun, he puts it on the table. And that is my first meeting that I have. This is like some Khosla ka Ghosla shit going on, man. Yeah, like... real estate developers are like that. They have their own swag. Really? And tier 2? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was just like sitting there and I was thinking, okay, what, what am I supposed to do? Will I be going home or will I not be going home? But it was a fun conversation. I don't think he expected to see a young girl over there. And a lot of times you are dismissed being a young girl, like, uh, you know, ye kya hamare ko and all of that. But that is the time you uh, realize what is the advantage you are carrying. Being a chartered accountant over there helped me because I could do the calculations over there and tell it to him what is a better product for him. Yep, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so that really helped and that is where I realized that I have an advantage over my peers because my peers would have to go back to someone to understand what would be the best product for the client. Whereas I could do that sitting in front of him and that helped me. So, yeah. Wow. Huh. <laughs> so, you'd say that, so back to the question, which yeah. is what you enjoyed the most. It sounds like that NBFC experience was like very... Um... So, that was the most learning experience. Enjoy definitely would be ISB, right? It was a resort life, one year of vacation after three years, four years of working. So, why not? Who wouldn't enjoy that? Got it. Yeah. Cool. But like, you know, for a lot of people, uh, ISB is a sort of, you could say a path to a better life. Right? Mm -hmm. They actually spend a lot of time preparing, mm -hmm. hoping, and then eventually, you know, when that when they get that job offer, which would be the average salaries that you hear of in the news, it's like a whole different experience for them, right? Mm. Like, I assume it wasn't so much the same for you, but what exactly did ISB do you think gave you, you know, in terms of something that you probably didn't have before? Um... So I would talk about it in two different sense, right? One would be personal and one would be professional. I would talk about the professional thing first that uh, in spite of being on the upper edge of the business development, right? I still had my peers who were uh, who had done their masters and they were getting paid double than I was, whereas I was doing double the amount of work that they were doing. And MBA kind of, I believe MBA helps you two things professionally. One is, of course, the network that you create. And second is upping your salary bracket, right? 
although that might not be so true in today's context because there are multiple such opportunities that are available but back then that was one of the degrees that you got so it was very much like you know you are bringing your uh, salary level at par because you just know that that is one thing that is uh, keeping you uh, back but the bigger uh, takeaway from mba definitely is the network that you build out even today when i have to do a ir role or when i have to do a business financial when you want to get a competition benchmarking etc it's just so easy when you have 10000 people at your disposal right so i believe that is one of the best things about and the MBA. alumni is very responsive to each other extremely sort of. responsive and not just for professional reasons but also for personal reason there are multiple requests where people like you know if something is not working out for them and they want to take an opinion there have been multiple such cases covid was such a big thing right the entire alumni network was there to help anybody who required any medicine any assistance that was there there were portals that were set out things happened in one day where people set up complete portals that were there which people could access so that was one of the huge things and i think believe that is the mm. uh, i would say the biggest impact factor that is there of a mba program hmm. and if somebody is going into mba it is very important that they know what they are trying to get out of the program otherwise it can it is a sea of fomo right you can yeah. die of fomo over there and end up getting <laughs> nothing so you need to be very clear about that and what did you want to get i wanted to chill i did not have any college life thanks to ca so i wanted to live the college life right yeah do you have a do you have a strong alumni network because i think the isb alumni network is like super popular like no. people just know that it's a really strong like do you have it do you miss it like what do you think of that no, i think it's very important i've seen it across uh, multiple colleagues people say this um one i don't think we've had much of that and i don't think even if we've had we've leveraged it as much isb is also very you know in a way sort of an established uh, brand in university now I think I think Prime Minister Modi was there yesterday. I think, yes, yeah. and he, he talked about uh, the impact, like the number of wealth creators that ISB has uh, has 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 sort of. Uh, so see that is where it is very important to know what you want out of the network program because say if you want to get into an investment banking and then you are getting into ISB, you are being a fool. You need to know what the school has to offer, right? If you want to get into the startup world, if you want to get into consulting world, you want access to the investors, then ISB is the place because. of course i think one of the very good things that isb has done is create a lot of startups right. of business which is like one of the latest unicorns right of uh, business and the nbfc arm of it both the founders are isb alums right. uh, moglix founder is isb alum so there are multiple such unicorns already created yeah. each batch in fact they have their own uh, seed fund that is there hmm. so if you want to have a startup the school will support you with the funds to start right. your own thing so yeah which which is sort of my next question to like you know in the sense uh, this is probably a conversation most relevant to bangalore sure and you know if you are loud enough you'll have pretty many enough people in this room also be interested in listening you've worked in three unicorns so far what are the three ways to become a unicorn or the easiest three ways to become a you shouldn't unicorn? you be answering that how how would i answer you this? you fund the unicorns <laughs> no you should be answering that no i have not worked in three unicorn startups so I, you sh- you can tell us i do the execution you do the funding you tell me how do you perceive <laughs> someone as a unicorn uh, well see i mean of course a lot of unicorn status now is obviously a lot of perception so maybe that's not the ideal uh, goal to look towards but i think what's great about some of the companies that she's worked with and and since she's also worked in a very growth strategy role is to think about scale and to think about how do you build quickly and you know and try and find out what's working what's not working very quickly 
right? I think the scale, like I think I remember an old conversation where you told me that you know some of the other places can be pretty boring because in a startup things move so quickly that if you don't uh, learn and 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 you know and iterate as 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 soon as possible, you're almost irrelevant, right? So take the example of when you are a toddler, right? When you are a toddler, you learn so many things, you try so many things. You will when you are tr uh, trying to take the first steps, also, right? You tumble and you fall, and that does not mean that you stop trying. And that is how that is, I believe, the difference. Like as you grow older, so the established organizations that are there, as you grow older, you are far more susceptible to take risk. And that is how I associate startup and the or, uh, organized uh, setups that are there. That they have far more to lose than what a startup would and that flexibility that that agility has to be there otherwise it is very difficult because you are still trying to find a fit once you have found the product market fit you are still trying to figure out what would be the best way to scale forward there always is 10,000 problems to solve and that is what excites you at the end of the day if there already is a process set out if so you have to decide for yourself whether you want to be an executioner or you want to be a builder. What do you want to be, right? So I believe that is one of the major difference that is there. If you enjoy structured problems, structured solves, if you enjoy, you know, execution in a process environment, then yes, please go to an organized setup. You will love it. But if you enjoy, like you know, building the building something out of chaos, then startup is where you want to be. And you just at the end of the day, you get a good night's sleep thinking that, okay, you did something productive. At least that is how I think. Got it. What's a, what's a mistake you've made in your career and what did you learn from it? Mistake that I made in my career. The first six months of my CEO role that I did. Because okay. I realized I just couldn't, that, is, that was something very structured, right? Internal audit. You have the guidelines, you know, you have to do this, this, this check. You make the report, which also is formatted. You just have to... So it basically is like pretty much realized that that is something that can be automated. Why do you need a human for that? So I think that the first six months definitely was a mistake. Did you learn anything from it? Has that influenced? Did you learn something about yourself that's like influenced future decisions? Oh, definitely. I learned I do not like structured uh, approach. I like to thrive in more of a people-oriented role where I need to interact with people. I cannot do role which is very uh, like, you know, where it is just you say something like a coding. Like I realized much before that I don't want to get into engineering or I don't want to ever get into coding because I thrive on people's energy. So that is the kind of role or the work that I enjoy. That. And that makes sense, right? Like now you're doing investor relations at a startup, which you describe as sort of fast paced and chaotic. Yes. So like, yeah. do you think you found the environment? Like, is this the environment that oh, definitely. thrives in? Definitely. Business finance and investor relations, both, right? Both are roles where you really do not have to do anything. Your business team, your uh, product team, your engineering team is doing things. We are just kind of bringing everything together. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And that is where I thrive the most. So, yeah. Maybe final question before we do the rapid fire? Yeah. The final question is really about, you know, challenges. Like, what, what is the type of challenge that that keeps you awake at night? Like in the sense that something that you're excited about, like what is it that happens in a night where you're like, oh, I'm actually looking forward to going to work tomorrow. Is there a specific kind of challenge? Like I can give you, maybe I can share, quick context for me is, is when, when I think about very large scale public policy challenges and how do you sort of connect the dots, bring people together to solve it? That's what sort of keeps me awake at night. What, what about you? What keeps me up at night? I think I like both um, 
people challenges like i love the idea of just bringing super smart people together to like chase a vision and like if someone's like not motivated if we need to challenge someone on the team enough like the people stuff sort of really gets to me the other thing i quite enjoy is just product market fit like i love challenges where you launch a product you just know it's not like hitting the market and like people are saying ha acha nice you just know it's not like people aren't like this is it yahi to chahiye like can we do it like i think to try and iterate on a product to like get to that and you know when you get to it and it's so sweet when you get to it i think those are the two challenges that i love what's it for you so for me i think i love the 1 to 10 journey that most of the places do right i i am not the right best person for the product market fit i like to get into when product market fit has been established but now you have to scale it up so how do you scale it up what is the best way to do it what is the most optimized way to do it what is it that you get in return out of it how do you make it to the public is public's life getting better because of it or is it not getting better are you just bringing another product in the market which like you know there is something about creating demand and there is something about understanding the demand that is there and building product according to that so like you mentioned you have zepto right you ordered drinks from zepto do you really need 10 minutes delivery in india today or are there bigger problems to be solved for that is the way i think and what keeps me excited about where i am going to work for so 1 to 10 tell me more about would you do like 0 to 1 are you interested in entrepreneurship at this point in time maybe not because i do think i have more to learn before i uh, get to that stage but some day if i have something if i am able to recognize that need which i can probably build something for why not as of cool. now no yeah got it nice um should we do should we do the rapid fire yeah all right um so we we're, we're doing this now which is um in this first season we ask every uh guest to uh do a rapid fire with us sure uh we've got about five questions for you you've got to answer it super quick okay as um, quick as the math questions as quick as the math questions okay. ah um cool first one is um who's the best manager that you've had and what are two traits all right so i would say my last manager was one of the best ones that i have had uh the trait i would say is definitely he did not see himself as a manager but more of a mentor so he did not have any of the micromanagement or you know no management whatsoever it was just the right amount of holding someone accountable but not kind of breathing down their neck and second would definitely be on the mentorship side like even when i had to decide to move on from the company right he never tried to uh, just uh, push me to stay in the company he was like do what is best for you he actually helped me draw out a proper format of deciding whether it is the right move for me or not so i believe that is what makes one a great manager that's pretty good yeah. wow okay that was a great answer but moving on to something lighter okay have you seen uh, nayak yes yeah so in that nayak is is a concept of ek din ka cm yeah. okay you could switch lives with one business personality whoever it is for a day who would you switch with and what would you do so for example anil kapoor what does he do sabko suspend kar do so who would you switch with and what would you do i would switch with ashneer grover and be like the jackass that he is <laughs> say whatever the fuck i want to Without why don't you do it now like what's stopping you from doing it now i just did i just answered right yeah so, yeah. so you're already doing it <laughs> kind of yeah okay here's a slightly more fun question uh You've seen Nayak, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in Nayak, Anil Kapoor is a ek din ka CM. 
So if you could switch lives with any one business personality for a day, who would you switch with and what would you do? So for example, Anil Kapoor does like sabko suspend kar do. So who would you switch with and what would you do? I definitely would switch with Ashneer Grover, right? Because Ashneer the, Grover? Yes, Ashneer Grover because okay. he is the larger than life personality and why not have it for one day? Because of course I cannot be that person for my lifetime. But one day I would like to see how his brain works. Like if he says something, how he says, I would really like to understand that because he thinks he has that God syndrome, right? That I want to feel that. I have never felt that. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay, next question is for the rest of your life, you could either be great at math or you could be great at storytelling. Okay. And you could only pick one. Okay. Which one would you pick? I think I would pick uh, great at storytelling. Why? Because I think great at math, you can still get people to do. But as you rise in your career, you need to get what ultimately is the number telling you, right? 4 plus 4 equal to 8, but what then? What will that 8 give you? Why is that 8 important? That is the question, right? So that is why storytelling. Okay. And maybe one last sort of philosophical question for me. Your life motto in one sentence. Live and let live. Live and let live. Yeah. You do what you want to do. <laughs> okay. There are enough people to give gyan. Cool. You sort of, um, yeah, my question might overlap with yours, but it also could be different. So I'll ask you, which sure. is, um, let's say there's a 20 year old Ruchika listening to this. Uh, what is the advice that you would give her? All right. I would say, be smart about your choices. Do whatever you have to do to get to where you want to be. Do not listen to people. People bullshit all the time. They don't have themselves figured out. I don't have my life figured out. So yeah, it's counterintuitive. But uh, do what you wish to do. Take chances. Fail at it. Learn from it. Make your own mistakes. Learn from other mistakes, but also make your own mistakes. But also be smart about it. Don't make stupid mistakes. Yeah. Cool. Great. Uh, do you have questions for us? No, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank Why don't you, you want to take questions from her? Rushika, you have to ask Nandan a question. I think you'll have a great question for him. Yeah, uh, my question would be, why, why do you not have one thing that you do? How do you manage to do so many things? Why do, how do I manage to do so many things? Yes. Like, what do you mean by like so many things? Like you manage to have a social media life. You manage to play badminton. You manage to do the gymming. You manage to listen to some very shitty Bollywood music. You are managing to do this podcast in... In, uh, with, with all of this, you managed to have a VC job, which is like the coveted job. How? Well, I think uh, it's mostly a weakness, which is essentially short attention span, not so much a strength. So I feel like I need to do a move from one thing to the other just to keep uh, myself entertained. Uh, but that's like the slightly um, unserious answer. The serious answer is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a community that I have built in uh, different ways, in different places, including you. Uh, that uh, everybody else in this room and I think each of them offers me an opportunity to do something different every now and then so I'm actually grateful for that community so sure. that's my answer but thank you uh, Ruchika for this it was great to listen to your uh, experiences and uh, before we leave uh, I have to uh, uh, do a one more one more question okay 81 into 9 729 but that was easy Okay, I mean, not for anybody else in this room, but I think with that, Aditya, last thoughts? No, I'm highly impressed <laughs> and uh, this was fun. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, 
That's it. All right.